This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we are joined with a very special guest, man. He's a former second-round draft selection by the St. Louis Cardinals. He is a starting outfielder for the Cleveland Guardians, I guess we'll call them. And most importantly, he's the first ever MLB player to do a jersey swap with the Officially Unofficial Podcast. <laughs> My pleasure to welcome Oscar Mercado, the Official Official Podcast. How are we, brother? What up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. And honestly, like I told you, man, it's long overdue. And people were like roasting me. They're like, how are you doing a jersey swap with a guy that was never on the show? Well, we had to get it out of the way now. I mean, I was waiting to the yeah, offseason to get now we can, Yeah, we can uh, resolve that issue. Yeah, now it's all good now. We're all good now. But I wanted to go into that because you obviously got to play in Toronto, which in my opinion is the greatest city on planet <laughs> Earth. What was your kind of thought process or when you left this city, what did it leave a good impression on you? What did you notice that's different from here compared to wherever in the U.S.? Dude, honestly, so uh, talking to people that are or that always ask me, like, what's your favorite place to play? What's your favorite stadium city and stuff? So I told my favorite city is Toronto. I, I think it's an incredible place. Like, I it just um, I, I think it's beautiful. It's uh, it's clean. Um, you know, the people are nice. So uh, it definitely it's strict, especially now with with everything that went on with the pandemic. But, you know, I think they do a good job and everything. So, but no, I had I had a. I had fun out there and uh, playing over there is, is uh, awesome. The stadium's awesome. So, um, yeah, it's definitely at the top of my list for sure. And being a guy like you that's from Columbia, I mean, Toronto has a map. I mean, even Ontario, like, has a massive <clears throat> Colombian population. I don't know if you saw, like, the there's areas in the city where it's just strictly, like, Colombian food, all that kind of shit. So it's just a very multicultural area. But what did you notice about the fans? Because obviously being in the outfield, you get roasted by fans a shit ton. Were the Toronto fans jawing at you or was it nothing? You didn't get anything. So um, I got, I got a couple, a couple games. I definitely got some fans jarring at me, but uh, I think there was one game. Um, I kind of got them on my good side. So, um, you know, we kind of hit it off and they were, they were awesome, but no, I had a good time. Uh, just like anywhere else, you're going to get chirped at and uh, especially in Toronto and in, in where, you know, you have one baseball team that represents an entire country, yeah. pretty much area. So that that becomes like uh, another thing in itself. But um, no, it's fun. It's uh, it's an enjoyable place to be at. And then the next day, I believe it was the next series. You guys played in New York, and being in the outfield there, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Those people, those fans are absolute scumbags, scum of the earth fan base. What were the <laughs> chirps that you were getting there? Because I couldn't imagine with those bleacher creatures. Um, so we played, uh, I got a funny story. We played in, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was the day game in New York. We're playing it. Garrett Cole was on the mound <clears throat> and, uh, Harold Ramirez, our outfielder 
he's playing right field. I'm in left and he runs into the wall and he went down. So me and straw went out there to be with him. And like, so we're trying to get the trainers out and, um, you know, the, the fans are cheering and he's getting up and he's like trying to move his shoulder around, you know, he's trying to, and as he's like, they're checking up on him. All you hear is, uh, you know, there's this guy yelling at him, like, you know, take your time. Or like, you know, being sarcastic, like take your time and everything, <laughs> which it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt and you're cheering about it or talking yeah. crap about it. So then I started yelling back at the fans. And then when he, uh, he made a couple of throws, couldn't continue. So then he's walking away and the entire right field, like, uh, section, um, where the bleachers are starts screaming and like cheering because he's getting leaving the game so then i start i don't even know who i'm yelling at at this point i feel like i'm yelling at the <laughs> entire section so i'm just yelling there's a few uh cuss words coming out and um finally i was like screw this so then i start walking away and as i'm walking away they start chanting asshole, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's electric. Dude, they come at you. They really do come at you. Like, and and I think Luplo was telling me a story a couple days ago. Um, when he was playing in Boston, those fans are fucked. Like, cause that stadium, they're pretty much on top of you, right? So it's insane. What what stadium do you think you get at the worst at? Like even being an outfielder. Oh my god. Okay, so uh both New York's are bad. Yankee Stadium isn't as bad as um the Mets. The Mets is really bad. Yeah. The Mets is bad. Um, and then I want to say Chicago's bad too. Chicago and Boston are pretty bad. Yeah. The White well, Sox. Yeah, that's like a rivalry for you though. I mean, especially playing for the Guardians yeah. or Indians, whatever you guys are. I got a but... bobblehead thrown at me this year. Are you serious? Yeah, I was in <laughs> I was in right field and they just threw a bobblehead. It landed right by my feet and just exploded. And, dude, the thing that I respect about you is, is, like, in Toronto, like, when those fans were drawing at you, I believe you came up in the ninth and you faced Jordan Romano. Is that correct? That blue, The Blue Jays closer? Is that yeah. the guy you launched off of? I think you mm-hmm. – yeah. That was bananas. So, that when you're when you're facing guys like that, like, that are that throwing, like, 99, 100 with gross off-speed stuff, are you – in like, being the hitter you are, are you sitting fastball or are you adjusting to, like, slot – are you, like, sitting breaking stuff? Like, how what was your mindset in that at bat? Um not necessarily always sitting fastball, but I'm, I'm mostly sitting one pitch, especially if they're a two pitch guy, both of them being above average pitches can't look for both. Cause you end up hitting neither of them. So I'll sit one pitch. Usually I look to see what, what he's throwing the most. Um, he liked his fastball. So I just, you know, he, he threw me, I think three or four straight sliders. And then um, I think it was, uh, I think he went strike ball foul ball with sliders and then uh i figured with two strikes he was going to try to try to get some some heat in there so i was ready for it dude he's a psychopath and like when when, as a hitter do you kind of realize when pitchers are just where they're legit psychopaths where they're like staring through your heart like do you understand that like do you like even being a hitter like a guy like that that's a closer that's legit He's, I'm not saying he's like, he's just insane on the mound. Like he looks like he's going to murder someone. Do you guys, yeah. like, does that even play a factor in your at batter or do the fans and the media just overhype it? Um, no, I mean, you get, especially with closers, you know, some of them, some of them have their personalities, you know, you get uh, Liam Hendricks, he's pretty crazy. Um, but you, they have like that intimidation factor, especially physically that they try to, 
that they try to uh, portray, but you just got to, you know, ignore all of that and just focus on what's coming out of his hand and try to do a, get your, the best you can at hitting them. Yeah. Who, who's one guy that you faced this year that has the nastiest shit? Like the, like the, the pitcher with the stuff where it's like, I have a sword. I'm when I'm at the plate right now. Ooh. Um, okay. There's a couple guys on the white Sox that are pretty electric. Um, Garrett Crochet, I'm assuming. Um, he's good. He's good. But, you know, being he, him being a lefty and I'm a righty, it's yeah. not as difficult. Um, I would honestly say Kimbrell was up there. He was tough. Um, and Hendricks was tough. And Dylan Cease has got really good stuff. Yeah, I think I mean the Jays put him in his back po- in our back pocket, but that's fine. I mean, yeah. Dylan Cease I mean, is good. The, the Jays, <laughs> the Jays, you know, they were all hot from the yeah. beginning to end of the season. But you know, when he when he faced us, he was on. He, I mean, he had a light. He was lights out. So um, we had this. We got to see him at his best. And playing in Cleveland, I mean, you played with you. I mean, you currently do play with a couple guys and played with a couple guys that were a part of that team that was in the World Series that got to experience that bananas atmosphere. Do you guys mm-hmm. ever like in the clubhouse tell you stories about what that stadium is like when that team is good and they're in the playoffs and all that? I mean, yeah. I mean, even you know, in 2019, we won. I want to say it's like 90 something games. Yeah. Um, the American League was insane that year, so we didn't make the playoffs but we were in it towards the end. So, you know, that last month, every, every game was important. And I remember every home game was just absolutely crazy. And the guys were like, dude, like imagine this times, you know, times 10 when, you know, we played in the world series and I was like, wow, like that must've been insane. And I know Cleveland, um, they're very loyal and very passionate about their sports teams, especially, you know, the, the baseball and, and football. So, um, it's definitely an experience I'd love to have um, in the future. And uh, I can only imagine what that's like. I mean, just watching, just watching posters in baseball right now, I kind of see that and I'm like, man, that has to be so fun. Just another level of excitement. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, and you, and you saw with our guy loop, I mean, that atmosphere when he hit that grand slam, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. How, I mean, this guy raked in the postseason this year. I mean, this guy, yeah. I think he raked for you guys too in the postseason, And I believe 2020, I think he hit that walk off or he raked against Garrett Cole or something along those lines, but how unreal is it? How cool is it to see like your guy like that, that you, I mean, you kind of grew, like became really good friends with in that Cleveland organization, just absolutely rake at the biggest stage. It's unreal to see. Yeah. I was actually at the game um, really? when he hit that grand slam. Yeah. So I was in the Rays family section. I got tickets from, from uh loop and he was like, you know, watching him come up and hit that homer, I had the perfect angle too on the first base side. I was, I, you know, it was awesome and just watching the excitement. And I grew up, I grew up in Tampa, so going to race games. Like when I when I was growing up, they weren't they weren't the best. You know, they kind of started to flip the page here uh, the last like six years. But they uh, just so the stadium was never really packed. There was never really all that much of excitement. But then just watching that, it's like anything I've ever seen uh, at a race game. So that was that was awesome to watch. And just knowing that it was, you know, Loop was able to uh, be be part of the reason why, you know, for the for the electric environment. That was awesome to see. Um, but no, he rakes and just watching him be able to, you know, get the opportunity to go out there and and, you know, showcase himself and do his thing is 
is pretty cool. Dude, like I said, I mean, obviously it's surreal for even me to see it because I was legit with the guy in Toronto two weeks before. Like we were, we were getting drinks. We were just, I mean, it, he, he's just an electric dude, electric personality. I mean, would you say when he was on that Cleveland Indians team, like he was the locker room guy, like the gel guy that kept everyone laughing or just loose? Or, or is yeah, someone he's else cool. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I could be a little biased just because he's, you know, one of my good friends uh, when he was with the Indians. And he, I mean, he, he still is. So um, I think, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a fiery guy, especially when he's, when he's on the baseball field and you love watching that because his competitive nature is, is, um, you know, it's up there with anybody's and, you know, off the field, he's as chill as they come. And, he, you know, he likes to, to have a good time, you know, out on the golf course and wherever it may be. So, you know, him being my roommate um, during spring training, uh, we got to to do a lot of different things and stuff. So, um, but no, he's an awesome guy and definitely excited uh, for him. Yeah, and we had Cal Quantrill on the pod uh, the day after he – or a couple of days after the Loops got traded. Actually, I think it was the day after. And he said that – he got the like he re, like he got traded when you guys were on the bus together. Is that true? Um, I was at the front of the bus, and I remember um, I remember someone saying like, "Oh, we just trade," you know, you know, a couple we had made a few trades, and then I remember someone saying, "You know, Luke just got traded." And I was like, "What?" So then, uh, once we got off the bus, I went and talked to him. He was on the phone a lot, so it was tough to to really. Uh, conversate with them but um obviously he had just he had just been activated or was about to get yeah activated he was just getting board. activated it was crazy yeah, so it was kind of seemed like a whole lot was going on was going on and happening at the same time but um that's i mean it ended up working out for him pretty well yeah and i mean he got treated to an out like in my opinion like the still the best team in the al so it just it, it was a good balance for him for sure but i wanted to go into the fact that you were committed out of high school to Florida State is that correct? You're you're yeah. a Florida Florida State guy, and when yeah. you're out of and when you're in high school in Florida and you're committed to Florida State for baseball, you could be the hand up. Were you the big dog on campus? Like were kids looking at you like this guy's a fucking freak? This guy's going to Florida State for baseball, or was it just like whatever? <laughs> um, I was pretty normal when it came to uh, a lot of that stuff. You know, I had my I had my my commitment came pretty early on too. I was like a sophomore. So for me, it was like, you know, by the time I got, by the time I got my junior and senior year, people were already used to it, but, um, but no, it was, uh, it was cool though. Like being able to, to go through all that process and, um, you know, be recruited out of, out of college. And I remember, I mean, I always wanted to play uh, major league baseball, but, so my brother and my dad just always tell me like, Hey, you know, first things first, it's like, you got to get some college offers and everything. And, um, I want to say it's like summer, my sophomore year, everything kind of blew up for me. You know, I didn't, I had a really, really good, um, I had a really good summer ball, uh, playing travel ball and everything. And, you know, that's when everything kind of took off for me. And after that, it was all, it all just kind of came, came pouring down. So do you, does part of you, and we have guys on the podcast that tell stories about them regretting committing so early because they wanted to do these official <clears> visits and be able to party at schools all over the nation. 
does part of you kind of like, man, what the fuck was I doing committing as a sophomore when I could have visited ASU, FSU, Florida, all these other schools? Like, do you think you prematurely committed or was it just like, I'm going to Florida State or nothing? Um, I actually committed really early. I, I loved, so Florida State was like, I did like an unofficial visit with uh, my parents and I want to say my brother. Um. So that was like an unofficial visit, you know, we, we toured the campus and everything. And that's when I kind of got like my offer. And then um, I didn't commit right then and there. And then moving forward, we kind of, you know, getting letters from other schools and everything. And I think there's like, um, there was this tournament or this showcase that happened in Jupiter and that I went to, I did really well. It was like one, one or two days, but I did really well in. And Florida State talked about upping their offer and everything. And right then and there is when, when I committed. But I never, I, I really never looked back about committing too early. I was pretty, I mean, I was almost like 100% sure the whole entire way. Um, I'm going to, I will say this, my official visit to Florida State was not all that great. I did like... <laughs> I think it was just, you know, I've talked to guys that had incredible times um, in their uh, official visits, but ours was, um, you know, the football game just wasn't, they played, uh, and I'm a big Florida State football fan, but they played uh, Wake Forest and stomped them. It was like 50 to nothing. And at halftime, I was like, it's 100 degrees and I'm roasting over here. So uh, we called it. So I think we like, we drove in one day. Uh, stayed at a hotel, had like dinner at the hotel, and then toured the campus in the morning, went to a football game, and then that was it. Damn. I mean, you didn't get to party with the boys, none of that shit. You just, no, I didn't, I didn't get to do any of that. Well, I mean, you're also a sophomore, too. It's like the coach yeah. isn't going to let you just throw you into the fire with all the guys. Like the guys would get <sighs> you absolutely mangled. I wouldn't do it. But, and I, the thing is, that's insane is so you, you, you commit as a sophomore, which is, kind of rare to be honest unless you're an absolute freak of nature so were you just absolutely mashing in high school like I, I wish I can't find your high school stats but was your high school stats like just absurd uh no not really honestly to be honest I wasn't that great like I wasn't a great like high school I think I hit like 350 to like 370 and then my senior year I, I think I hit lower than that Damn. so every other so yeah I wasn't like a great I was just, I think I was, I was raw and had, had some speed, but um, my summer ball, I could summer ball stature. I mean, that, that would never be, but that, those were pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, I'd go, I had a tournament one time and I, I think I went like 18 for 24, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. That's I could, I could, insane. when I was, when I first started using wood bats, I could, I got the hang of it really fast. Yeah, um, see, that's weird. That's insane to me. So you, so you yeah. were better with wood than BB core. I could never, I could never hit with the metal bat. My senior year, um, after using wood so much all summer and everything, and then through the fall, my senior year, I ended up having to like switch halfway through the season to a wood bat because I legitimately just couldn't hit with a metal bat. Like it was the <laughs> the weights and and everything else was just different. So it wasn't it wasn't a great um, season for me, but. Um, you know, I car I carried some of, of my performance in travel ball throughout the years, and that kind of helped me in the draft. 
So when did you realize like you were going to go high in the drought? Like, was this when you were a sophomore? You were like, listen, I'm better than these like little pip squeaks around me. Like I have a chance <laughs> here to go high in the drought. Like what age did you realize? Like, listen, I'm going to go top five rounds, but potentially top two, like you did, but was it your senior year, sophomore year, junior year? Like, when did you realize, like, you're going to be a, a, a big-time draft prospect? Uh, my junior year, um, after that summer, just uh, performing well in all those tournaments. So that summer from junior year going into senior year, uh, performing well in all those tournaments really helped me. And then a couple of high school tournaments we played in the fall that really helped. Um all I had to do was just have a good spring year, honestly. And I would have got, I'm pretty sure I would have gone in the first round, but I had such a bad senior season that, you know, scared some teams away, ended up uh, still going in the second round, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it, it all played out for me. Um, which was, I mean, hindsight's 20 at the time I was like, damn, like, you know, I just, I suck. Like couldn't even hit high school pitching. But now, you know, it all worked out at the end. No, it's insane. So especially being a guy like you, I mean, a guy that was born in Columbia, moved to the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. Was that something, was baseball something that was like in your family forever? And you're, you're, you were like hitting, ba like hitting baseballs when you were like two years old and shit? Or was it something that you kind of grew into? Because I don't know. I think Columbia, the main sport there is soccer, right? Yeah, everyone, you know, I, there's no one really in my family that played. Uh, my grandpa and my his brother, I think, played, but um, there, you know, my dad never played. Uh, when I was five for like my fifth birthday, I got like a little toy glove when we were still in Columbia. And my mom noticed how much I loved playing with that thing. And so um, there's this little field kind of by where we lived. And there was this guy who used to, you know, practice little kids. And um, my mom, you know, took me there and would sign me up for classes and that's kind of how it all started. Then I played for like a little team over there. And then when we moved to the States, um, me and my brother started playing little league. That's kind of what we wanted to do. Uh, there was a little league. We moved to Brandon. There's a little league called South Brandon little league. And we played there. Um, and that's kind of how it all started and played some travel ball. Uh, like when you're like 10, 11, and then you, just, the older you get, I mean, I just fell in love. So I just kept playing and playing and, um, you know, the more you play, the better, the better you get. So, um, by the time, by the time we, I got to high school, um, I think I was, we had a really good high school team. Um, and then I was, I made the team as a freshman. I was the only freshman on the team, but I wasn't, but I didn't start. So then I would go down and play a couple games for, for like JV and then, I would be at the varsity games as a backup shortstop. And then I want to say like eight to 10 games in, uh, we had a transfer shortstop. He was a senior. He got kicked off the team. Um, he got into, you know, trouble, uh, into some trouble repeatedly. So then he ended up getting kicked out and then I started playing and I had a pretty good, I had a really good season the rest of the way. So then we kind of just wrote it out. That's insane. And, and honestly, I could be wrong on this, but are you the highest ever draft pick from that high school? Is that correct? I think you are. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. So when's the statue? I mean, are, is your jersey retired there? What's going yeah, on? There? Like, I got do my they, jersey. they retired it. I got my jersey retired. Uh, was it last offseason? No, two off seasons ago I did, which was so cool. 
that's insane. So, I mean, that's just yeah. something you got to put in like Twitter by. I mean, I just, uh, having the Jersey retired is one of the biggest power moves of absolute all time. And then you get drafted by the Cardinals, like you said, in the second round. Did you have one of those big ass draft parties with like the whole family, all your high school friends and shit? Yeah, I had, I had, uh, I had my, I had my family there, my high school coach, um, some family from Columbia, my friends were there. So yeah, we had a pretty good big group at the house. I actually, you know, as the, as the picks kept going, I wasn't, I, it's my, you know, my only time going through the process, but as the picks kept going, I actually started walking around my neighborhood, just throwing a football up. Cause I was so like stressed <laughs> out and anxious. I was like, I don't even want to be inside. People are asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So dude, it's crazy. Cause I was at uh Bryson's thoughts draft party. He went 13th overall humble brag. And I, you could just <laughs> see the look in this guy's fucking face. Like, it's one of the most nerve-wracking things of all time. His family's all around him. And one of the things that's really weird to me is, is, like, your phone continuously rings. So you don't really yeah. know if, like, you're going to get drafted in that spot or what's going to go on there. But were the Cardinals always that team? Like, did you know you were going to go to the Cardinals? We had a good relationship with uh, their area scout at the time and their cross-checkers. So um, their South Florida, like, the South region uh, cross-checker, Fernando, he uh, he built even after I got drafted, he built a really good relationship with my dad. Um, obviously, as a scout, you you know you're always cheering for the guys you you uh, you draft and everything. So he built a good relationship, and you know I struggled through like the lower portions of the minor leagues, and he would you know he would come to some games and he would try to like be hitting. So but he just wanted to see the games in person. Uh, you know, he passed away, actually, he passed away in 19, spring training 2019. So he yeah. actually never got to see me play in the big leagues. But um, him and my dad used to talk every day. It was maybe they went from like a whole business aspect to just becoming like the best of friends. <laughs> so that was uh, that was cool. And um, but no, there was other teams that there was other teams that had a lot of interest Um just you know it wasn't it wasn't kind of where because I had no problem going to school so it kind of wasn't where to the point where I would bypass going to school so then a lot of teams just kind of went a different direction yeah no it's um that the draft process weird especially when you're committed to a school like Florida State so being a guy that was committed to Florida State as a sophomore and then you choose to go in into the professional route are they pretty much like fuck Oscar Mercado now? Like, are they, are they one of the biggest haters of all time? Or how do they take that news no. that you're going to the show? No, I remember, you know, being young, like you don't want to make that call telling, telling, a, yeah. you know, a, a college coach that you don't or anyone. It's like weird. Like you don't want to, you think they're going to like be so mad at you. But I remember my mom, I, my mom was like, you're making that call and you're going to do it in front of me. Like out of respect <laughs> for them. You know, they did a lot for you. So then I was like, fine. Um, so I called them. They were awesome. They were like, you know what? You know, you know, thanks for, thanks for everything. And, you know, thanks for signing and believing in us. You know, we kind of figure like they know uh, sometimes it's just part of it. Like not everyone that you, you get is going to go there. So you can't just start hating everyone unless you straight up tell them like, no, I'm coming here regardless. Yeah. Which, Unless you lie to them. Yeah. No, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you legitimately lie to them. But I mean, we've had instances here of guys told stories of when like they break the news to the coach, like the coach is like, fuck you. Like pretty much like that. That's just how they roll. 
But it, it is crazy. I mean, Florida State's obviously a, like a, a wagon of a school. I wish you could find out what kid got your scholarship money and if he's in the show now. You know what I mean? I wish there was like some sort of analytics where it's like Oscar Mercado gave up his scholarship money and now an absolute freak has it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I wish I'd we be, could find I'd that shit up. I'd be curious to see that. Um, but they, they had a lot of guys. They had especially a lot of shortstops in the Florida area that were committed there that just never went there. Nick Gordon, yes. um, Brandon Rogers, um, Nick Gordon. So myself, like just a lot of a lot of infielders that, especially like the top infielders in the Florida area, you know, a lot of them end up committing there. Or I feel like a lot of guys that commit to Florida always end up, um, you know, they had uh, Kyle Tucker. He never he never went there. Jake Woodford never went there. Kind of guys that are around my age. So um, they just have a shit ton of dogs committed there. Like it's just, yeah. it's insane. You know, Florida, Florida has so much, so much uh, talent in in baseball. Yeah, because you can play it year round. Yeah, that's true. I, but also, would you say, because obviously, like we have guys here, like that are loops is from California. Would you say Florida is better than Cali baseball wise? Like when you guys would play Cali and travel ball, who would win those games? Like was it? Would See, it be- that's that's a that's a good question. Um, I think Florida. I think. I want to say just like I think the southern part of Cal Cali has a lot of talent for sure, but I think Florida as a state in itself just has a lot. Is you know whether it's Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Orlando, Tampa. Um, there's just a lot of players throughout the state, but I think the southern part of Cali is is where most of like the really good. I mean, you had like like Harvard Westlake had Jack Flaherty and yes. Max Freed and Giolito all at the same time. Like yeah. that's insane to me. Yeah, that's absolutely bananas. We actually had a guy on the podcast, Pete Crow Armstrong, who's a first rounder for the Mets. Like a from there, from there, yeah, yeah, he, went, he there. went there too. I mean, that school, I couldn't even imagine. It's like those schools for football, like IMG Academy or Bishop Gorman in Vegas, where it's just all first round, like it's all first rounders and D1 commits. Like, yeah, I don't understand where the enjoyment is and just stacking up a team like that. Like that Giolito team probably legitimately never lost a game. Was your high school team like that? Like, were you guys just like the top dogs? No, I went to a very normal high school. We never, we didn't, we didn't have like, I want to say my senior year was by far we had the most talent on that team, but we didn't go as, I think we didn't go as far as everyone expected us to. My junior year, we went pretty far, but actually we, we won, my high school won states like two years after I left and with like, not, I don't want, I want to say it wasn't like the best, the best team that they had in years, but I just, they just got hot at the right time and everyone started playing well. So what's that school in Florida like, what's that big time school in Florida for baseball? Like, not like an academy, but like a high school that produces these kind of guys where it's just like a major league baseball factory Ooh. that you remember, like the schools um, that you would face in my area. Yeah. So, in my area, uh, Plant High School, they had uh, Jake Woodford, Kyle Tucker. Holy shit. Pete Alonzo, <laughs> um, Michael Gibbons. Are you serious? So it's just all yeah. show guys. Yeah. Um, and then they had another guy drafted top 10. I want to say he was like ninth, oh, 10 overall. Uh, Connor Scott with the Marlins. He was drafted really high. He's younger than them. But um, 
Yeah, no, that school produced a lot of people. And then, I mean, in my, in the area, there was just a lot like, um, Alonzo had Jose Fernandez. Um, Holy fuck. That's Jesuit had McCullough, Jesuit had McCullers. And then they had, uh, Pete Alonzo before he transferred. Um, it's insane that's crazy i mean so what i can compare it to is like what hockey is like here in canada like you have these school these teams that are just full of like first round nhl draft picks i mean what what it's like crazy to me is like one of the biggest culture shocks is how big athletics are in the u.s compared to what they are here i mean especially in states like florida i'm assuming high school football there it's just all d1 commits you're watching it's just crazy yeah well even like i would say Texas like when it comes to high school football Texas is I mean you see some high school stadiums that look legitimately like college football field yeah it's insane I mean we have Texas guys on the show and they tell me like what Friday Night Lights is there it's like it's legitimately like the show like it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 crazy to me how big high school football is like there and I mean so being a guy from Florida I mean was your high school football team like big time or it was just like it was just a baseball school um we didn't have that good of a high school football team. My first two years, we, we like didn't do anything. Um, my junior and senior year, we were a lot better. Um, but then we would always run into those, like, in, in, like if we ever got anywhere in the playoffs, we would run into those absolute studs of, of teams like uh, Lakeland. Lakeland, or Lakeland High School had insane people like um, the Pouncey Twins went there. Obviously Holy not shit. Age, but they, yeah, they breed Chris Rainey from Florida. Like they just breed a lot of, a lot of uh, NFL talent. But um, football wise, like, or sports wise, our best, I think our best sport was um, soccer, men's soccer. Damn. I, yeah, dude, it's like yeah. the athletic wise, it's just like crazy to me. And I feel like if you put an American at like a Canadian high school, especially in my area, it would be just a complete culture shock. Like just how yeah. different, like the, not really much athletics, like the, the athletics aren't really supported that much. It's just crazy to me, but the U S is definitely insane. So was, is there a, like an in-state rivalry there in the state of Florida with commitments? Like is, so when you got offered from Florida state, was the Florida Gators right up next at the door asking for you to commit there or like trying to like, um, get you? So I, like, uh, we were talking about it before. So I committed early. So I had a lot of letters. I never really, after I committed, I honestly never really like enter, entertained, uh, anyone else. Um, my mom really wanted me to, uh, you know, go talk to other schools just to not yeah, keep. Just to like see, right? Yeah. But I, I just felt content and part of me kind of wanted the, the whole thing to be over with. I just wanted to focus on baseball and I, I was very pleased with Florida State. Uh, I knew a, a lot of my friends from high school were going to end up going there too. So I just figured like it would be a perfect fit for me if I ever went there. Um, I like academically, I liked what they had to offer and obviously their baseball team's always um, insanely good. So I just wanted and Florida, Florida, I never like, you know, UCF, FAU. Um, I remember FAU was like um, their, their baseball program is pretty good, but their head baseball coach um, called me and was like, promise me you won't commit before visiting. And wow. 
Yeah, which I ended up committing before this. Do you ever kind of look back on it? Like, especially when you were a 19-year-old, for instance, this is off topic, but when you were a 19-year-old grinding in these minor leagues, just fucking eating dog shit meals on shitty-ass bus rides, and your friends are getting after it at Florida State University, like, are you looking at them and you're like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? Because it just, obviously, you get, like, that fear of missing out. And especially yeah. being, like, a college kid, especially at a massive party school like Florida State, where it's like you you want you get to live out like being a kid like yeah. a, a college kid and all that kind of stuff you kind of missed out on that so did you have ever have that like FOMO and all that kind of stuff? Yo, I did, I did. So at the beginning, I did, especially my first couple of years, like grinding through like the GCL. Um, I remember, um, instructional league, like extended spring training, all that. Like it was it was hard, but like my my group of friends that I still have. Um, they would, they would always, we would always find a way. So, um, you know, they took a trip up during spring training and, um, we got to hang out in like Palm beach area. And then, um, every off season, I would always go up like two or three times to Florida state. So all my, my group of friends, like two of them stayed here in Tampa for school. And then like three of them went up to, it was like our, our little, um, circle of friends, but three of them went up to Florida state. So we would drive up uh, when I would come home, uh, we would drive up like Halloween weekend or big football game. Like I remember I got tickets to when Florida State was ranked. They had Jameis at the time. Jameis, they were Jameis, ranked, um, the GOAT. Yeah. They were, they were ranked like, I want to say second, and Notre Dame was ranked like third in the country. And they came to Florida State. It was like I went up, went up there for that weekend with some friends and stuff. So I got to experience some of the – some of the environment and some weekends up there. Um, when you're younger, it's a lot easier to do now. I would, I would never be able to do that now, but yeah. But was it, it was, as advertised? I, I, I had my good time. Was it as like is the is Florida? Because obviously, being a Canadian kid, you always see like our schools are like they party here, but it's nothing like a game day there and all that kind of stuff. So is Florida State as advertised as we hear, like party wise? Like it's just electric. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's. It's like, um, I mean, they get, they get pretty, cause the campus is like everything over there. I know, I know it's the capital, but, um, in the city itself, like the campus is so beautiful and big and has so many students. So there's so much to do. The, the football team is so good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like spending a weekend up there during game day is, is a pretty awesome experience. It's insane. It's nonstop. It looks all it looks bananas. I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like for like a southern school like Georgia. I mean Georgia, uh, Alabama, all those schools. Like it's just Tennessee. Yeah. You saw it last weekend against Ole Miss. Just it's yeah. it's insane to me all that kind of stuff. And this weekend you have the big. I'm a University of Michigan fan like Luplo. It's gonna be absolutely madhouse in Michigan State. I'm fired up for that shit. And this is completely off topic. One thing I respect about you is on Twitter you absolutely love to roast Skip Bayless. When did this start? When did this shit start? I mean, it's it's. I hate Skip Bayless too. He's a clown because he hates LeBron. Yeah. But when did this kind of hatred for Skip Bayless start? Was it when he got that massive ass signing bonus? No, it was way before. I've been coming. I stopped coming. I deleted the app and I was like, I'm done coming at Skip because you know what? I'm gonna let Skip be. But it's insane. He, um, I think it all started because I'm a huge LeBron fan. Yeah. Like as he's my idol as an athlete, he's my idol. And I remember 
I love like the sports talk shows and everything. And I'm like, why does this guy rag on him so much? And like some <laughs> of this stuff, and now you learn that a lot has to do with views. But like, I remember before I was like, man, how does he make so much money? He says some of the most ridiculous <laughs> stuff I've ever heard. So I would get so mad. It would like legitimately make me angry. So then I felt like my only release was to go after him on Twitter. So every, and some of his tweets, like I had to stop following him because some of his tweets were like, this is outrageous. Like this doesn't even, so then I would just get upset, but no, he, um, and then I remember he got that huge signing con- signing deal or whatever. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like you can't be serious, it's, but um, it's crazy. Yeah, but now I watch it. Now I watch it. And I take it more for what it's worth. And yeah, you take it serious. for what it's worth. Like honestly, a show like that, especially with like Skip and Shannon, like two polar opposites, like opinion wise, you can't really take that shit serious. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they literally just do that shit for views. Like none of the stuff they say. I, I think a small fraction of the shit they say, they genuinely, genuinely think. It's like for instance, yeah. I'll give you an example because obviously here in Toronto. The media is fucking crazy, especially with hockey, right? So the Toronto Maple Leafs, they, you know how hockey guys always have to wear suits to go into games, right? Like, it's just like, they obviously the most dapper looking guys of all time. The Toronto Maple Leafs loosen their dress code to let players wear like whatever they want, right? Like pretty much like sweat, sweat track suits, whatever. And the Leafs are shit this year. Like they're playing like shit and they have the highest like salary. And the, the media is making it seem like the reason why the Leafs are shit is because they have a relaxed, relaxed dress code. Like, it's the most outlandish reason. For, yeah, for I'm it doesn't go make ahead any and, sense. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that's not the reason. It's not. But... It, it's, it's insane. It's just like you, you can't take that shit serious. And I honestly think that the reason why Skip Bayless is so popular is just because there's so many, like, fathers and – troll accounts on twitter that like legitimately think he's serious that give him the interaction like if there was no such thing as twitter skip bayless would be a nobody they'd be, be a garbage man you know what i mean yeah is there a guy no, like I... that in baseball like do you I, I wonder if there's like a guy like that in baseball i know there's that mad dog guy right you know that mad dog and i'll be yeah, i was gonna say probably him but you know he's pretty he's pretty old school i don't i don't know if there's really anyone to be honest i don't watch i don't watch too much mlb network to be honest what are your mentions like? What are your mentions like? Especially after you have a good game against like a team like the White Sox or some shit. Like, are people coming at you? No, I mean, yeah, there's there's times where there's times where they'll come at you. There's other times where they love you. Like it's just part of playing a, a sport. What's the best it's chirp just... you've ever got? What's the best chirp you've ever got on social media? Like a fan coming at you, we're like, all right, I'll, I'll respect this this insult or I'll respect this tweet directed Ooh, at me. You're gonna have to give me some time to think about that because um, because like I said, like Amir Garrett said one time he was playing in Chicago and a fan said like came out his hairline and Amir was like, all right, that's a good chirp. Like you just got to tip your cap at that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. there's some there's some things that fans say that aren't offside. Where it's like, all right, this shit's kind of funny. So you've like on on Twitter or DMs, have you gotten something that's like a really clever chirp or anything along those lines? Uh, honestly, I'm like I'm not kidding. This was in Toronto actually, but <laughs> this guy was yelling from the stands, and he was like, "Cause I have like a thin frame," and then he was like, "Yo," <laughs> he was like, "Do you ever lift?" And then I turned around. And I started laughing, and then he was like, <laughs> "He was like, you're built like a girl." 
I was like, oh my god, dude. That's I mean, that's a little. That's all. I mean, there was probably females in the aisle in like the stands are like, what the hell is this shit? But that's the thing, and especially in Toronto where we haven't been able to see live sports in so long, these fans are rusty, man. Like their chirps aren't yeah. good. Right oh, they're now. hungry for it. Yeah, hungry. For yeah, it. they're rusty still. I mean, they're not going to come at you with the best stuff. And I want to yeah. go back. I want to go back into that draft thing. So you signed for a pretty good amount of money out of high school. What was the dumbest shit that a young Oscar Mercado bought? Like what? Like a Louis V bag? What's something stupid? To that be you honest, know? yo, I promise you, I was so smart with my money. Really? Yes, I didn't buy any. I don't think I bought anything dumb. That's like I insane. bought a, I bought like I bought like an Apple, like an Apple laptop that I still have. Yeah. Uh, eight years later, um, I mean, I bought my my car, but that's not really what that's kind not of car, really what dumb. Kind of car is it? I bought a BMW X5. Jesus Christ. All right. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty big boy purchase there, right there. I mean, yeah. the, the best. But I just wanted something. I wanted something that was going to last me a while. Yeah. And I true. loved it. Um, What else? But honestly, I never really. I never really bought anything, anything bad. Like, were dinners on you when you were going out with your high school buddies that were just absolutely grinding to make ends meet at Florida State? Like, were you just like, it was like, yeah. I'll soak I mean, the I, dinner. I, 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 yeah, I took care of them. I remember we went, we went to, uh, we would go out and stuff and, you know, I, but at Florida, like, let's say like at Florida state, it was like, you know, you go into a bar and it's like $20 for a wristband and it's all you can drink. That's so then, bananas. Yeah. So then you, what you do is you just go give, you go give your, uh, you go pay for all your buddies, which you know, if it's five of them, it's a hundred bucks. And now everyone's drinking. And everyone has a better time because you don't have your buddies stressing out about the fact because they're all in college. So uh, I know, I mean, my brother and my sister were in, were in college too at the time. And I, I remember them just being like, yo, it's a grind financially in college. It's because as a, you always want to go do things with your buddies and stuff, but you don't have like, financially, you don't really have like, you don't have a job or anything. Yeah. Or a lot, most of them don't. I don't know how people do it. Like, especially in the U.S., for instance, um, like how expensive the schooling is there compared to Canada. I have legitimately yeah. no school, no idea how you see these kids at fucking college game day every single Saturday. It's absolutely bananas how they're, I guess the students, they save money on the tickets. Actually, it's probably cheaper, but I just have no idea how some of these kids afford all this kind of stuff. And one thing about you is that's absolutely impressive. Like this is completely off topic. You are such a high sock guy that in my mind, I can't imagine you wearing like normal pants. Like, <laughs> do you realize that though? Like if you wear normal pants on the field, like the fans are going to be like, who the fuck, like, who is this dude? Like, do yeah, you realize like I that's it, your style now? It's like, you can't, yeah. it's just high socks or nothing now. I know I did. I did. Uh, I did long pants for, for like, a, I remember I did it for like a few games and just going back and watching the video. I was like, man, I look so weird. <laughs> it's true. It's you're a high sock guy. It like that's what you are. It never grew on me. Yeah, it just never grew on me. So then I had to go back to the high socks. I think you look sneaky faster in high socks. I could be wrong on that though, but yeah. legitimately, you kind of do look sneaky faster. It's one of it's. <laughs> it's. I. It, hey, this is, this is my high brain. socks will always the high socks. Not even even if you don't look like it, but you feel faster for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I wanted to go into a couple teammates that you have. Also, one guy that I'm absolutely fascinated by. I mean, this guy looks like he's like isn't like a pop punk band or some sort of shit. Is Zach mm -hmm. Plezak? What's this guy's deal? I mean, this guy's electric. He throws. He, I just love the way he throws. It looks like he doesn't give a fuck on the mound. What's he yeah. like as a teammate? He's awesome. Um, he's he's a super hard worker, and he's 
he's honestly in such good shape. I think he on he might be the best athlete really on our team. Yeah, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Um, not just like on the baseball field, but just in general, like he's very put together, um, insane, like just an insane athlete. He's just gifted. He'll forever be a legend in my books because of the story when he broke COVID protocol and brought girls back to his room or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, <laughs> he'll always be a legend for me for that. I mean, that guy is forever. might have to retire his jersey. Just electric. <laughs> and one guy who's also an athlete in your team that, I, that gets absolutely roasted on Twitter for being quote-unquote fat or out of shape is Naylor, dude. I mean, this guy is is uh, he's, he's athletic, man. I Obviously, I grew up playing with him and against him, but – He's sneaky, sneaky athletic. I mean, what was your time like as a team he is. with him? Um, yeah, he's pretty fast, too. Yeah, it's crazy, um, right? Yeah, I remember you know, we, we, when he came over in the trade, I was like, man, he's, he's fast. Like, he can, he, can, uh, he can run. But, no, he's a good athlete, too. I don't even know why people roast him. Like, I have no I, idea. It's, it's uh, yeah, he's, he's an athlete. He can absolutely mash, and he's got a cannon. And his brother is obviously coming up in the system. We actually talked about him on COD. I mean, he's going to be a freak of nature. He's disgusting. Yeah, his brother, his bro- that family's gifted. I mean, his brother is a, a beast. I don't know if you know his younger brother, Miles. He's in grade nine, committed to Texas Tech. <laughs> it's like, oh what, what are we do, Dude, he, like, so it's no, Miles, who was top 15 draft pick, I believe, or top 20. You have Naylor, who went 12th overall. And then you're going to have Miles is going to go first round as well, coming to Texas Tech. It's just Chris is their father yeah. is just legendary shit. It's one of the, yeah. it's like, it's just I mean, whatever, time. whatever. Might have to have them raise my kids when I yeah, have some. dude. It's crazy. If 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 I if he was, I might have to have him actually raise yeah, like raise my child. But <laughs> dude, it's this year actually for you. It was just like, it was obviously a weird year, especially with getting back with fans and and all that kind of stuff. What was it like for you to kind of? Ba- I mean, you started out in AAA, then you were an everyday guy in the show. What was your mindset like when you started out in AAA? Were you like, man, what the fuck? What am I doing here? Or was it just like I'm gonna put my nose to the grindstone and just work my way up to the show again? Honestly, I didn't, I didn't like, like when it happened, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a shock at the beginning getting sent down in spring training, but it's almost, you take it as a, as, as almost like a, like a task. And like, it's almost like a goal in mind. And, you know, I set myself to get back, get back up there and try to help the team win in, um, in whatever capacity that I was able to. Um, so that was, that was like my main like goal and, and, you know, it gives you something to look forward to every day at the field. And I had fun. Like, you know, I learned a lot. Um, you know, you get to do things, you get to do things in AAA. Um, you know, you still want to win, but you get, you still get to work on things that you don't necessarily get to do at the big league level because you do have to perform on every single day. Yeah. And um, so that was, you know, that was, that feel like that was a good moment. And I, I got to learn a lot about myself as a player. Um in general and you know it's always it's i'm not gonna say that's what i wanted but it's always good to go through things like that because it teaches teaches you know mental toughness and and just like grit and having you know not not everything's going to be handed to you and you just have to go out there and work was that 2019 year for you like the funnest you ever had playing baseball i'll give the people that aren't too familiar with it with for you a background i mean you came eighth place in all-star or rookie of the year voting you hit 269 15 nukes i mean it was it was just like like i said i mean that was a year where you kind of put your name on the map mm-hmm. with like cleveland indians fans and baseball fans in general being like all right this oscar mercado kid's a fucking dog 
So was that like the, the funnest you've ever had? Like obviously your career has been short so far, but is that the funnest yeah. you ever had playing baseball? No, that was awesome. That was awesome. And uh, even from the start in spring training, I just felt like, like I was like, I, I just was in my zone. Um, and, you know, as a baseball player, you always, you feel like it's always going to be that roller coaster ride where, you know, you kind of feel like you're going to lose it for a little bit and then you're going to gain it back. But that year for me, it was just kind of something where I, you know, I all through spring training and then getting sent down and I spent a month and a half in AAA and even that month and a half and up through the rest of the, the year in the big leagues, I just, I just felt confident the entire time and I was in a good spot and um, it's definitely like I was in that, in that place where every baseball player wants to be. Dude, it, it's such it, the stats are absurd. I mean, you had 118 hits. Was there one moment in that year where you were like, man, I can't believe what, what I'm doing right now. Or I can't believe I just got a hit off this big name pitcher or something along those lines. Because I like for a rookie, 118 hits in a season is absolutely bananas, dude. Like just especially especially being a guy so young, I believe you were 22 or 23 at the time. So it's just mm -hmm. like, it's insane. Um, yeah, no, it, it was, I mean, there was even times where there was times where even you, you go through a game and you're like struggling. And then, um, like, I remember I had a game against Cincinnati and I was over four. Um, and then I had, I came up with bases loaded and one out in the bottom of the ninth in a tie game. And, Iglesias is pitching holy shit and and I just remember like seeing the first two pitches he threw me and I was like oh my god <laughs> I was like this isn't good <laughs> but I ended up getting uh, my first walk-off hit I got a base hit off him on a, like a one-two slider and you you go through moments like that and you're like man like you were you know it was just my moment like you're in that in that place and you know I felt good and we all, I mean, we all go through it as baseball players. It's going to be years where you just can't really find it. There's other years where you find it, you lose it, you find it again, you lose it. There's other years where you have it the whole year, but it's just a matter of mentally just being there the whole time and knowing you're going to like the type of player that you can be or are. And also just understanding that it is like, like it's not a fluke. You know, sometimes you yeah. get to sit, you can sit there and be like, Oh my God, like, how's this happening? Like, am I going to come back down to earth or, stuff like that but and it could happen with anyone but I heard I heard a lot of players say that like the biggest thing is just knowing that it's normal for you to do like that is the, the normal for you and that allows you to understand that like it, you can do it on an everyday basis and obviously this is I'm biased because you're my guy but my favorite moment from you this year was that walk-off against the White Sox like I'm just watching it again that fucking bat drop was the ballsiest shit of all time. I mean, you, your bat legitimately bounced off home plate. Like, if you're watching yeah. that video back, your bat legit legit bounces off home plate. So going into that at bat, I, you like like I like I'm watching the video right now. It says you were 0 for three. Were you thinking like this is nuke or bust, or were you just trying to get a double? Because the swing you had it was like. You, it was insane. You like your your back foot came off the ground. It was crazy. So was it like? And were you just like fuck it? I'm trying to go for a nuke here. Yeah. Um. I honestly. So I. I was talking to Straw, and he was. We were both like oh for like sixteen or eighteen at the time. We were we were both like talking in the outfield. We're like, yo, this sucks. He got the he got a base knock to lead off the inning, and I kind of told myself I was like, all right, like I you know it's my turn to snap out of it too, and then I got. 
Um, I got into a good count and I thought about taking because I know Jose was on deck. The so I wanted, I was like, yeah, he's incredible. So I was like, I'll take here. And I wasn't striking out. I was, I was flying out a lot, even like getting good pitches to hit good counts. I just couldn't, couldn't get on top of the ball. So, but honestly, it was like, I saw the pitch and I just kind of swung. Like I, I try to swing over it because I felt like I was getting under everything, just flying out to center, flying out to right. So then I just kind of tried to swing over it and ended up, ended up hitting the home it's, run. Do you have actually, like, maybe I'll do this for the episode graphic. You got to have a picture of that bat drop, right? I mean, you have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you. Have, I'm, I'm going to use that for this episode gra- graphic because that is okay. absolutely fucking insane. The, <laughs> the bat drop's crazy. And a, a guy that you're playing with that I'm absolutely fascinated by, he looks like an NFL lineman, is Fran Mil Reyes. I mean, what's this guy mm-hmm. like, dude? He is disgusting. He hit a ball at the Rogers Center. It, it was like third – he's gross, this guy. He's disgusting. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he's really good. Um, he's a good hitter, man. Like, for, you know, for his size and, you know, he's he can – just the way he's able to – he has a really good approach. He's not an all-or-nothing guy. But he can hit. goes the other way really well. Um, and he's awesome to have in the clubhouse. He's, he's, he, a, I, he's a gel guy, right? Like, he's a guy that keeps the yeah. clubhouse loose? Yeah. Yeah, he's just a, a awesome dude. Like, very, very friendly. You know, lovable and likes to likes to be loud and likes to get everyone involved. So yeah, he's cool. And one guy actually, you mentioned earlier, Jose Ramirez. A lot of like, there's a lot of rumors that his time in Cleveland is going to be done and all that kind of stuff. What kind of effect does a guy like Jose Ramirez kind of have on that roster? Like, he's so good. I, obviously. There's a lot of rumors he's actually going to come to Toronto, like in a trade and all that kind of stuff. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to start. I'm going to start those rumors. Keep 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 those rumors going. But <laughs> what's it like? I mean, what's the what's the effect this guy has in the clubhouse? He's so good, dude. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Um, you know, he's. I mean, he's just so confident in himself and what he can do on the field, and um, he likes to relay that to other people too. Like he likes to be like, hey, like you, you know, you you got it in your, you know, like you're really good too. Like he likes to let people know they're really good because he, he knows how confidence, how confident their confidence can work. He was a guy when he first got called up, he struggled, he flew to the minor leagues and he struggled, was up and down a bit. And then he kind of came into his own and has never really stopped. And even, you know, I remember 19 when I was, when I was, uh, when I first got called up, he, he was really struggling for like that first, like three months to four months and then towards the end of the season he kind of picked it back up and it's crazy because he was batting batting like under 200 and then you look at the end of the year and he still had like 20 something homers and I think I don't remember what he hit but people were like he had a down year I'm like man that's not a bad down year true no I'd hate to have a down year like that yeah yeah it speaks about his you know his productivity and just how good he is and he's an awesome guy he helped he's helped me out a lot in my career so you know, I, I owe him a lot, and I'm, I'm thankful for being his teammate. What's, like, one piece of advice that he's given you, for example? Like, is it your mindset or your approach when you step up to the plate? Like, what's one thing that he's told you where it's like, I didn't even really think about this? His biggest thing is just believe how good you are. Just believe how good you are. Like, don't don't uh, don't ever doubt yourself. And um, that, that does go a long way. Like, you just – you have to believe that you can – do what like that you what you're doing is is right and 
you have to believe that you're talented enough to play every single day at that level, at a high level. And because if you don't, then who else will? Like no one else is going to believe in you if you don't. So, um, but he's big on that. You know, he always, I remember there's a few times before a game, he'll always be like, hey, go out there and show him why you're the most talented guy on this field. Like stuff like that. Nothing, you know, nothing mechanical. It's all, it's all up here with him. True. No, I, that, that's what baseball really is, man. If you think about it, baseball is like kind of the only sport where if you fail 70% of the time, like you're just a Hall of Famer. Like you're just one mm-hmm. of the best of all time. It's crazy to me. Like there's no really other sports like that. If if you miss, if you're a field goal kicker, like most of these college guys, and you miss like 50% of your kicks, you're a bum. Like in baseball, yeah. you miss 50% of the time. You're one of the best of all time. And being a guy that like you that's played in the AL and all that kind of stuff, I mean, what's your what was your kind of thought process on how like the playoffs have turned out so far? Like, did you expect the Astros to be that team that that goes to the World Series? Yeah, yeah. I remember my my dad asked me. My dad likes to watch a lot of baseball. He asked me who I thought. I said I think I mean I thought the Rays were really impressive, especially with their pitching. Um, the Red Sox got hot at the right time, um, but after the Rays got eliminated, I told my dad that. Um, I said I told my dad it's either going to be I said it's going to be the Rays and Dodgers, and if it's not the Rays and Dodgers, I think the Astros will win it. You so you so you're so you're doubling down. You think the Astros are going to win the World Series? I actually yeah. and obviously we're like uh, we're a Matzik podcast, but it, that that that's like this is what you could picture being the most evenly matched series, though. Like especially with the yeah, two teams. Definitely, the, the Braves. The Braves are hot. You know, I mean. Eddie Rosario is that's your guy, insane, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he was with us. Um, he's insane. Um, I mean, geez, overall, there's just some insane guys that are just really hot right now. Like, um, Rosario, I, I mean, Rosario the, is the Astros can make Freddie Freeman is incredible. Yeah. Um, that team, Austin Riley, I mean, that team is just, and then their bullpen, you know, they got some guys that can really throw it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm cur- I'm curious to see. I think it goes either six or seven. I still got the Astros winning, but it's gonna I'd be, be good. curious to see how those those young those young arms for the Astros fare. I could see it going. I could see it going seven for sure. But and and be like you obviously got a chance to face him. You're Don Alvarez. I mean, this guy hit 500 in the ALCS. I like he's insane. So he's insane. being a guy like you, that's an outfielder, you get to see like the trajectory or all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff on these balls, like how hard they hit it. Is he one of those guys where you're in the outfield that like, I like this ball. If this comes to me, it's going to be like 105 off the bat, like 110 yeah, off him, the bat. I mean, there's some guys that just hit the ball so hard. Him, Devers, yeah, absolutely smokes baseballs. Um, you know, Jose Abreu. Oh my this all just comes differently off their bat. JD Martinez. Um, so yeah, he's he's just and not he's another guy. Like he has an insane. He has a beautiful swing and his approach is really good. And he just knows what he's doing up there. Lupo made a good point about JD Martinez though, because he said the reason why JD JD Martinez and Nick Castellanos are so successful is because they got to come up in a system with uh, Miguel Cabrera. Right. So I that's a that's honestly a really really uh really good point. They have some, I mean that they all all three of them like they they have that patent swing where they're trying to hit everything to center right center out like that's their that's what they're trying to do. They're almost trying to pull the ball that way. Where you know there's a lot of especially young guys that come up. I've had I've had this problem. I I still do 
where you feel like when you're trying to hit for power, you get to two or whatever, and you're trying to launch balls out to the left where it kind of keeps, it kind of uh, gets you out of whack. But yeah, no, they, I mean, learning behind that guy must've been, must've been a treat. Insane. Sure. So is there one guy this off season that you're trying to work with or is like, or like learn from or anything like that? Like, have you reached ever um, reached watch, out to someone? I, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of video in general, honestly. Um, I like watching video and just um, studying people's swings. But, you know, I, I, I work with my I work with my hitting guy and, you know, I know watch a lot of video and I know I know like what I'm supposed to do and what works for me. And it's just kind of building off that. I feel like everyone's different. Um, so. I'm like, like I said, I'm like I'm a guy that's just probably just going to work on the things that make me successful and at the same time watching the best hitters in the game watching a lot of video and seeing what they all do right yeah I and uh coming up with this I, I believe the world baseball class I, I don't know if it's back and all that kind of stuff or the olympics are back are you gonna yeah. be trying to play for team columbia i mean I'm, I'm assuming that's like one of your goals correct yeah if they'll have me i for sure would want to play who's who's a couple guys that are on that team like from the show urshela Gio. From the Yankees, yeah, yeah, uh, Harold Ramirez. So I mean, it's not a bad team for sure. I mean, you got some, no. yeah, but it's just uh, you, Jorge Alfaro. So there's a lot. There's a lot of guys from Colombia, but it's just the Domin that Dominican team, man. Holy shit! And you know what's crazy is, is Vladdy could play for Team Canada because Vladdy is from Toronto. Like he's born in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, it's, because of the yeah his yeah. dad. I, I I I I highly doubt he will be doing that. No, but. he's gonna play for the Dominican <laughs> with his boys. But no, it it is crazy to me. And the last thing here I wanted to go into. I mean, look, we always do this thing here. We give a minor league story of the week. You grinded in the minors. You've seen some shit. And I'll give you a background. So if you give us your best story, we've had some stories of fans climbing light poles with machetes. We've had uh, fans waiting outside of team buses with like knives. Like it's, we've had some crazy shit. What would you say is like the craziest minor league story that you've had just off the top of your head or just like a fan Ooh. interaction in the minors or a city you visited or like a, a shitty hotel room, anything like that, or a bus breaking down anything. Okay. We had, we were playing in um, Greenville, the Astros, like, sh like rookie well, in the Appy League. Yeah. Where the Astros are or were. I don't know if they, I don't even know if that's a league anymore, but we were playing there. And I guess like we took too long after the game ended <laughs> or like we had like a specific time or I don't know, maybe the bus driver heard wrong. But when we got on the bus, he's like so pissed off. And then he's just like, oh, like, I'm not taking you guys back. And then he was like, I quit. So he literally just quit. And I'm not kidding. This guy was so angry and we're all on the bus. Like what the heck? He was like so mad. I guess we had like an hour from the time the game ended to like pack up and shower and everything. And he, I don't know if we got up there like a little after, I don't know, but he literally had his wife come pick him up and just refused to drive us. And we had to wait for another bus driver to come. <laughs> that's so minor league man that's yeah. that's insane so he just he just said fuck it i'm done with this he shit did. yeah he did that's such a i mean you gotta actually respect it like sticking to his guns like looking at just a shit ton of professional baseball players and being like this is on you guys i'm quitting this shit that's insane yeah. and it just he had to do the walk of shame where he had to walk to his wife's car 
It's just, it's, it just, that's an insane story. But before, actually, this is the last thing I want to talk about. So obviously your new team name is the Cleveland Guardians with this logo with the G, Microsoft Excel. I don't know. What, what, what was your thought process the first time you heard it? Like, did you know it was going to be the Guardians right off the bat? I didn't know. I honestly didn't even know it was going on. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, but I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so team name, that's, right? that's kind of how I felt. I was like, it is what it is. Um, people will get used to it. It'll take, it'll take a little bit of time, but honestly, people will get used to it. Um, I didn't mind it though. It just sounds like a slow pitch softball team to me. Like that's what it I'm does. saying. You know what I mean? It's like, to be honest though, I will, I, I'm, I'm saying this, like I'm saying this and this is how I feel. I think we could have picked the most badass name and people would still be weird about it just because we're changing the name. It's almost like, like you can't tell me the Seattle Krakens don't sound weird. It's it, it is, but I think the low like they make up for it with the logo. One thing that was really popular with the Cleveland, like with your team, that pe- people wanted the team name to be was the Spiders, and they had like a sick logo design, all that kind of stuff. It was one of the finalists, but the Guardians is like, man, what are we doing here? It's like, and I'm just thinking about you guys, like guys like Plezak, all that kind of stuff, guys that wheel girls at the bar. It's like t- <laughs> t- telling a girl like I play for the Cleveland Guardians, like. They're like looking at you like, what the fuck is that? What is that? Like, that's a professional sports franchise. It's just, I don't know. I'm just thinking about you guys off the field. It's just a weird team name. So is that, is that all? So did you keep your last Cleveland Indians jersey ever? Like, is that something that's in the loop? Yeah, I have, I have one. I have one of every time. So I have like the white one, the red one, the gray one, the blue one. I even have some throwback ones. Damn, like, those throwbacks yeah, are I got fire, it all. bro. Those throwbacks. I got are... it all. I plan on framing them, and I don't know. I don't really have a crazy amount of space, like, throughout the house, but, um, you know, definitely plan on putting them up. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But anyways, bro, I mean, like I said, it's long overdue. We had to get you on. I mean, like I said, I was getting roasted for, sure. for doing the jersey swap with the guy that never came on the show, but it was overdue. Yeah. I mean, you're my, you're, you're my COD partner with Luplo and Musgrove, so – like I said, man, it was a pleasure to have you on. Obviously, seeing what you did this year, I, I, like I said, I pump my guys' tires. If you do good, I you will get a text from me immediately after the game, and you saw it firsthand. Yeah. You saw it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, after that walk off, I think I texted you one minute after you hit it, and I maybe yeah. pa- I packed the dip out. No, there. you were you were you're my guy. You were for sure always supporting. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I ride for guys of the show, and like I said, if, I'm I'm gonna keep my eyes on the streets, ears to the streets. If anyone, I'm gonna search Oscar Mercado on Twitter from here on out. Anyone comes at you. I'm quote tweeting and putting them in a body bag. Ask Luplo, actually. <laughs> I actually did that for Luplo. There's my go-to chirp for fans is if someone comes out a friend of the show and I look at their profile picture and they're just an ugly human being, I will zoom in on their profile picture and just no response, just respond with the profile picture. Like, look how you look. I want you to look. That's, sometimes, that, that's what yeah, you got to do. Sometimes not saying anything is the best comeback. Yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm, I'm all my guys' burner accounts. So I will give you yeah. free reign to the efficient official. I'll give you the, the password, all that kind of shit. If you want to jaw a fan, just I'll take the blame for it. I always take blame for the guy. Mm-hmm. So I got you. I got you, brother. But anyways, man, thank you. you. Thank you for thank doing you. this, bro. We'll talk soon. Obviously, we'll run COD sometime in the near future. But uh, yeah, yeah for better, sure. keep going on that offseason, man, and we'll see what happens in this World Series. I'm fired up to see what you do next year, man. I'm assuming you guys All come right. to Toronto again, so we'll figure something out. For sure. Thanks for everything. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.